The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today, Singapore pastor Joseph Prince heads one of the fastest growing television broadcast ministries in the world. Sinners sin because they are sinners, okay? We're not sinners because we sin. We are sinners because Adam sinned. But by the same token, this is the divine unfairness, all right? By one man's obedience, we are made righteous. <laughs> Experience the power of right believing next. Today, I'm James Robinson. We have had in this studio, we've had Robert Duvall, we had Tim Conway, we've had most of the well-known singers, we've had virtually every well-known preacher and musician in the entire Christian world right here. We have never, Beth Moore, all the time, and we've never had such a crowd so excited. <laughs> and you know, we have got someone from overseas, from Singapore, a young man, and I know he appreciates hearing that, <laughs> a truly anointed man with the love of God. We've got Joseph Prince from Singapore, New Creation Church. Would you welcome Joseph Prince? Thank you. Thank you. Let me say this. This is in the bookstores, The Power of Right Believing. We've got an inverted worldview. God on the bottom, man and idols on the top, if God's acknowledged at all. You don't believe right, the results are awful. The power of believing right. I'm telling you, it's a blessing. Let me just say this to you, because see, I read a lot, because everybody writes a book, they send it to me. <laughs> this book is easy reading, and it's, 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 it's electric. It's anointed. And uh, you get in the bookstores, you go online, but let's get our believing right. Uh, Joseph, I'm thrilled to have you here. Welcome to the United States. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. How do you, and I want you to just to tell us, because I know a lot of our viewers and a lot of the people around the world have heard you preaching and teaching on grace. You're a truly anointed, gifted teacher. I can tell you're real serious about your study. You're very persistent, but not defensive. You're not unkind. If someone doesn't agree with you, you're never unkind. Mm -hmm. you, you seem to be willing to be sharpened with iron sharpening iron. Mm -hmm. I don't see you ever being resistant to truth or correction. Mm -hmm. Because some people think, you know, if a person comes out with a strong message and it's really getting momentum and blessing, we, we seem to feel obliged that we've got to, you know, knock it back or knock them down. Well, knock them off. If you're real good church folks, we'll just <laughs> knock them off. Do God's work. And the thing is, Joseph's spirit has been so, so much like yielded clay. And I want to ask you, because I've, I've never heard the story. A lot of viewers may wonder. Mm -hmm. Tell me how it is, because I know you weren't in ministry. I know you were exposed to Christian witness and influence. How is it that you fell so in love with Jesus, mm -hmm. so in love with his word, and had such a, a, a yearning to share it with others with such a, a, a freedom and such a flow of love. What happened? Well, um, I'm actually an, a good example of the message that I preached, the gospel of grace, which I believe is the gospel. And that's how the Apostle Paul defines it. 
uh, that God has sent him to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. When I was about 17 years old, I read a Christian book and, uh, and it's no reflection of the book, but uh, somewhere along the way, uh, I just believe that I imbibed something in the, in the teaching there that says that uh, I've committed the unpardonable sin, you know, because um, I had no control over my thought life. Um, and, and the more I was afraid of the thoughts that were going through my mind, uh, the more I had those blasphemous thoughts about God, even when I go to church in prayer. And, and that began a, uh, a cycle of depression in my life as a 17-year-old for more than a year. And, and I just came to a place where I really thought that uh, I had committed the unpardonable sin. You know, and uh, uh, God wasn't hearing my prayers. I was confessing my sins, uh, every sin that I knew how to confess, or even if it appears like a sin, <laughs> even as a temptation, I would confess it. You know, if I look at a young pretty girl, and, and it's not even the f second look, you know, I would confess it. And, uh, <laughs> and, and my friends would look at me kind of like messed up, you know, and someone would say, um, I think it's his religion, you know. Then when I heard that, I, I began to realize that I wasn't a good testimony. Where is this robust faith? Where is this joy unspeakable? Where is this peace that passes understanding that the, the Bible talks about? And uh, um, a number of years after that, uh, after I, I, I was in this cycle of depression, the Lord brought me to an experience where I was crying out to Him, you know? But the depression lasted for more than a year, but it was only a few years after that that I found my true liberty back in the rediscovery of the gospel that Paul preached, all right? And uh, it's a gospel where uh, when Paul preached in Acts 13, he says that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things from which you're gonna be justified by the law of Moses. So I realized that the more self-occupied I was, the more I was thinking about, am I obedient enough? Are my thoughts right towards God? Am I saying this right? Am I exaggerating? Am I lying? The more I was self-occupied, the worse it was. But the more I was Christ-occupied, hmm. all right? And I realized that First uh, John 4, 17, that verse rescued me. As He is, as He is, so are we, not when we die and go to heaven, but so are we in this world. Mm -hmm. As he is, so are we in this world. And then the Lord began to show me the truths about the high priest. And as he is, is he under God's unclouded favor? The Holy Spirit says, yes, so are you in this world. Amen. Is he accepted by God? I said, yes, so are you in this world. <laughs> Will he ever be rejected by God? So are you in this world. <laughs> and, and, and I got radical about that because it delivered me from self. One of the most painful things that you can you can experience in life. It's not just physical. It's not so much physical pain as it is being self-occupied. Mm -hmm. To the extent you are self-occupied, to that extent you are in pain. That's great. But to be Christ-occupied, oh, that, that's a radiant life. That is a life full of love, joy, and peace. And uh, I began to preach that, but I remember I got married and, uh, and Jessica came along, you know, and, 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 and you, you learn about the Father's love when you see your little cute baby, little baby. And I remember when she was three years old, she fell sick um, with a viral attack. And, and I prayed, I rebuked, I cast it out, I <laughs> prayed it in, I, I did everything I knew how, all right? And she was sick like about two, three days. It went on for a few days and she was, she was experiencing high fever and all that. You know how a father's heart feels for. Mm -hmm. And I remember that I came to a place where I went to my study, I told my wife, you attend to her, I need to get this from God. I went to my study. I knelt down and said, God, please. I was weeping. I said, God, please. I, I've prayed. I've done everything I know how. 
and uh, I don't want to see her suffer. And I saw my Bible there, and the Lord said, pick up your Bible. And I, I just took my Bible and opened it at random, which is a practice I don't uh, advocate. <laughs> All right? It was a special annoying thing, I guess. But I opened it to Genesis 22, where it talks about Abraham offering his son Isaac. And then I saw, I just got lost in the story, how God said, take now your son, your only son, the son that you love. And I felt God was really pushing it. <laughs> take now your son, your only son, the son that you love, and offer him on the mount that I will show you. And I began to see that here is a picture of Christ, that God would offer his son, his only son, the son that he loves. Because we'll never know how much God loves us until we know how much God loves Jesus because He gave Jesus up for us. Mm -hmm. So when I read that, I got lost in the love of God. And I saw on the cross, I began to see how Jesus wept and cried, uh, uh, you know, and suffered for our forgiveness. And He cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? All right, it's the only time Jesus ever addressed His Father as my God so that we can address God as my Father. So that we can say, my father, my father, why have you so blessed me? You know? So I got lost in that, in that beautiful story, and I saw how Isaac carried the wood, just like Jesus carried the cross up that mount, and how God stopped Abraham, the pangs of, you know, of killing his son, and, but God never spat himself. All right? When he came to it, God spat not his own son. So I saw that God gave up the son that he loved for me. And all of a sudden, when I felt that love of God, now I began to weep because, not because of my daughter, who was still crying at the other side, but the moment I wept and felt God's love, her crying stopped. She's been crying for like two, three days, almost nonstop. And I went over, and she was sound asleep. And when she woke up, she was completely well. So it wasn't something that I prayed for or asked for, but I began to experience uh, amazing things, you know, and I began to realize that when people experience the love of God, all right? It casts out their fears. It frees them from guilt. You know, I, I think that Jesus came to reveal that name, Father. You know, I, and I teach on the names of God, El Shaddai, Yahweh, Elohim. All that is fine, but there's one name He came to reveal. And He says, I have manifested Thy name to My disciples. And that's the name Father. <laughs> All right? And that's why the Pharisees uh, could not take it because He made God so close, God so near. All right? He made it family. Well, you are being such a blessing. You know, I, I, I love this girl that's here by me. Yeah, she's beautiful, I, easy to love. <laughs> <laughs> when you talk to me on the phone. You, you make her look yeah, very young. <laughs> <laughs> this is my daughter. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, you said. Takes you takes good care yeah, of yeah, you, <laughs> no, you said something very sweet about her, and, and if you say something nice about our children, our grandchildren, or about my wife, it really touches me. I have an idea that when somebody is able to say something really nice about Jesus' bride and about the father's children, it really makes him happy. You, you commented that you, you see Jesus in this girl? Yes. Every time I watch your program, um, you know, when I look at Betty, it's just like I see Jesus in her. The sweetness, the love of Jesus just oozes out of her. She makes you look good. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> it's, it's really 
really, it's really the only reason they listen. And normally, you know, when we get through doing the show, my staff says, we're going to edit you out of that show. But you know, you were talking earlier about your daughter and how ill she was, and, and you just kind of went and got along with God. I, I, I felt like God was saying, you got lost in Him. Yes. And you yes. got wrapped up in Him. Yes. And that's a choice we have to make. Right. We have to really come to Him and say, okay, God, I'm at the end of myself, which mm -hmm. is where He's waiting for us to get, the end of ourselves, mm -hmm. that we get lost in Him. And then God is able to do what He's already ready to do yes. in us yes. and through us and those that we come in contact with. That's what the power of right believing is all about. You know, it's about uh, um, focusing on Jesus mm -hmm. and His obedience. In the scripture says in Romans 5:19, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So that's Adam's sin. By one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Okay? So sinners sin because they are sinners. Okay? We're not sinners because we sin. We are sinners because Adam sinned. All right? So Adam's sin made us sinners, therefore we sin. Now, by the same token, it sounds so unfair, isn't it? But, <laughs> but by the same token, this is the divine unfairness, all right? By one man's obedience, we are made righteous, <laughs> okay? And, and, and when we believe that, it does not produce licentiousness. It produces right, I always say this, right believing produces right living. How, how come it that sometimes, you know, we, we have more faith in what Adam has done than what Jesus has done? For example, when we were sinners, we knew we were taught, we were, we were preached to and all that, that you cannot save yourself by good works, all right? Only Christ can save you. In other words, what the first Adam did was so powerful that we cannot undo it by our good works. No matter what good you do, you are still a sinner. You need to be born again. But now that we are saved and we are made righteous by that one man's obedience, how come sometimes, all right, when we sin or we fall, okay, they tell us that now you are unrighteous, you need to get right. In other words, I can undo what Jesus did. <clears throat> by one Just act. in one day, by yeah. one act. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I was a sinner, I can't even undo what Adam did. <laughs> yeah. you know? And we're not even talking about the much more of the, of, of the book of Romans, right. the much more of what Jesus has done. We are putting them both on the same ground and we don't even have enough respect and appreciation for what Jesus has done. And believing right, will always produce right because the essence of the gospel is the just shall live by faith. Or I can say it like this, the just shall live by right believing. Amen. So there's a lot of preaching on right living, right living, and we all want right living. But how to get there from here, all right? Right believing. We need to get right believing in our, heart, our hearts and our thoughts. And, and one of the best ways is to know that as He is, so are we in this world. Yes. You know, and, and uh, I've, I've got people who are bad-tempered in on addictions and uh, the book has a lot of testimonies of many from America, mm -hmm. uh, especially those who are... <laughs> <laughs> you guys are quite a mess up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing, no but... greater truth ever spoken. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is that uh, uh, many of the testimonies are on freedom from addictions, mm. drugs, eating disorders, depression, and especially uh, pornography, mm. sexual sins. Uh, we, I got a young man from New York who shared that, uh, um, you know, he's trained in the martial arts, so he understands discipline. But he has been hooked to pornography ever since he was 13. Mm. And now he's in his 20s. And he says that, I used my discipline and willpower to overcome it. It got worse. Mm -hmm. 
all right? But when I begin to confess and, and believe that I am the righteousness of God in Christ, all right, Father, I thank you. You have made me righteous in Christ. And even in the midst of my sin, I would say that, all right? I would confess it. He says that now, he wrote to me, Pastor Prince, I just let you know that that it's been more than a year or longer than that. He says, I've not watched pornography ever since. No desire to. Wow. Now, and he says he's a testimony to what grace can do. That's huge. Mm-hmm. In the light of his glory and grace, the things of the world grow strangely dim. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think anything ever lifted a load off of me. I was preaching the Bible, carrying it, but it wasn't carrying me. And I came to be consumed by the person of the word as a preacher who was defeated. An incredible change. And it's that grace that he wants to keep working in us. And what I hear coming from you in such a free flow mm-hmm. is that ever-flowing revelation of that grace, the mm-hmm. manifestation mm-hmm. of it, and, and the release of it has transforming power. Would you agree that that river coming from, from Joseph is, is like a river of healing and transformation? Yeah. Do you thank God for, for sending a man, and this is very, very important, a man sent from God, by God, and those who have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit, not Joseph, the Spirit is saying to the church and heed, rend your heart, not your garments, and receive the truth that transforms. This is a fantastic book. I found myself literally being spiritually energized as I read it. I found my mind being affected and so anxious to meet you. And I, I, I will let you know, and I pray everybody watching and here will devote yourself. I will pray for you, a shield, of, a covering of the Lord on you and your family. And I pray one of the things, I think even as we visited briefly, that you'll always remember, no matter what happened, Jesus kept escaping to be only with the Father mm. because that's where you identify with him. And I pray you will do that because when you're gifted, the church can tend to take you beyond even the Father's will. He only did what he saw the Father doing and moving mm. the fullness of time. So I pray, would you pray he'll guard his time and we'll help him. And I just thank God for you. Joseph, you know, you shared the, that God had given you a real love for what you, you saw people doing, missionaries, even mm. in what we were doing. I want to show all of you something. And, and I've been on television a long time now, about, about 45 years. And I've been all over the world in missions. I've never been as moved as I was when I saw what you're about to see. I really pray that you'll lean in. And you talk about an occasion for grace Mm -hmm. in its purest expression. I want you to lean in and I want you to listen. She moved so slowly. No, she hardly moved at all and no tears fell because that well had run dry. While no pitcher of health, Rowan has been drained of life, the kind of life found in your role as a mother. Death came. It took from Rowan, but then it took again and again and again. Hey, God, bring that. Hey, I don't know
In this heat, the average person can survive only a few days without water. And though this water might extend the life, it eventually takes it, especially children, because their immune systems are too weak for that fight. Trauma has taken its toll, but because the water which took her children is still their only source, Rowan knows that unless something is done to provide clean water, at any moment, she could lose all that remains. Rowan, I wish I could, uh, I wish I could talk to you, the little beautiful brown-eyed girl. Our girls had beautiful brown eyes, and uh, I can't tell you how much I want to stop the death cycle, and Betty and I are praying for that, and we uh, are believing God to take you in his arms through the arms of people all over the world who will say, I will show you Jesus. We want to give you the water. Betty, we have been drilling wells a long time. We want to drill another 500 this year. I especially will say you and I would give her a well, right? right? Whatever it would take. What do you feel when you watch that precious mother that lost so many of her children? You know, James, there, there's sometimes that we can't do anything when we see a loved one lose their life. There's sometimes when we, we would do everything to save the life of our loved one all the time. But yet when you see situations like this, there's something we can do. This mother lost seven children and doesn't know how the other five will make it, James. She knows what's killing them is the water, but the only source they have is what she has to give them. Please join with us. We can make it. We can do something about this. If you'll just reach in your heart and ask God what he would have you to do. We can make the difference between life and death in so many of these children. I am totally comfortable pleading the cause of the orphan, the widow, the hurting, the suffering, because he loves them so much, because I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to be the one nobody noticed Nobody picked. I know what that feels like. Most of the world feels like no one noticed, but God notices. He said even a sparrow, the least significant bird, not colorful bird, the most ordinary bird, the Father sees it, and he wants to show those people through us that he sees them and he loves them. I'm asking you to help us drill wells in her area. I'm asking you to help us drill another 500 wells. I wish we could triple that number. I'm asking you to help us drill them in the designated areas that the missionaries have showed us, 500. Now, now listen to me. They're $4,800 each. $48, basically, you divide it out, we'll give 10 people water the rest of their life. 144, we'll give 30. If you can get 4,800, do it. 
do it. If you can give 1,200 and pray three join you, 2,400, pray one join you, whatever it takes, let's do our part. Go to the phone, dial the number, take your bank card, use it like a check, or you can go online, lifetoday.org. Father, I pray that every person would take joy in saying to Rowan, I'll help save your children. I'm going to lighten your load. I'm going to show you love. In Jesus' name, don't let anything keep you from giving a cup of water. In Jesus' name, in love. Don't let a busy, don't let anything stop you. I'm going to be an answer to that woman's heart cry and her prayer. I'm going to be. Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice, drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease, or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the brand new Free To Be Me 40-Day Devotional where Betty shares the challenges, victories, and insights God gave her while struggling through fear and insecurity. You'll also receive Betty's book, Free To Be Me. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request Life's Inspirational Coffee Mug Set featuring encouraging quotes and scripture to brighten your mornings for years to come. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and request this beautifully framed canvas print of the Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. If you help us with any gift to give a cup of water, we would be happy to send you The Power of Right Believing by Joseph Prince and you encourage your friends to get it, and let's start believing right. Would you join Betty and me in saying thank you to Joseph Prince? Concerned about your family being ill-equipped to manage resources when you pass away? Do you want to leave a legacy gift that impacts the lives of others? 
As a free service to our friends and partners, Life Planning Services, a ministry of Life Outreach International, is here to help with your estate planning needs and chart your financial future. Do not put off this important step to protect your loved ones and leave a lasting legacy. Contact Life Planning Services today. Be sure to visit stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.